Welcome to another episode of the Underground Bunker Podcast. This is your proprietor, Tony Ortega, and I'm really excited to be joined today by Tammy Sinovic. How are you doing, Tammy? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, people at the Substack at the the website were really thrilled by the piece that uh, that you know we wrote about your encounter. Uh, you you spent a long time in Scientology. We'll get to that a little later. But the important thing is, you were telling me, you know, you've kind of been fantasizing about this situation for a long time. You're a former Scientologist. You got on a plane with your son, and you happened to sit down next to a man who right away told you he was a Scientologist. And, and you guys were stuck there together for the next three hours. And you talked like the whole time. And um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love some of the things you said about how, you know, you wanted to plant some seeds with him, but you didn't want to push him away. Can you give us some more details about that encounter and what that was like? Well, I, you know, you did a good job of taking my notes. First of all, I got back to, you know, my son's house and then I was like, I couldn't sleep that night because I'm thinking, I, I, what am I going to do with this, right? And I woke up in the morning and I'm like, I got to write down some notes real quick while it's fresh in my mind. And then, and I'm like, and then I texted a couple of my friends, you know, my other ex-friends and said, you're not going to believe what happened, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, should I tell Tony? Should I, should I, this is a great story. Right. And so anyway, and then, uh, I w wasn't sure, if I, you know, anyway, so that, uh, just uh, talking to that guy um, was, yeah, yes, it was something that, you know, you, you know, you go through those things in your head, like what would be, what would make a, a difference to somebody, right? right? And those were the things, for me, those were the things that got me to get out, was, you know, knowing about the abuse. It's like, if any of this is true, you know, well, I can't just ignore this, right? So anyway, yeah. And th so, thanks uh, for bringing that up. So, so just to give people a little sense of how the behind the scenes, yeah, you sent me a bunch of notes and they were great. And then I just tried to arrange them in a little way that that kind of just made it flow a little bit better. And um, so not everything got in there. I mean, there are other details you were telling some people I saw in the comments and that was great. Yeah. Um, but but to me, the thing that I, I love the most was your sense of I've got a unique opportunity. I got to take advantage of it. Like yeah. you told me that you were not going into certain areas because you felt it was stuff he might not have seen. And so maybe he would have a, a little harder time believing. Right. Like like the whole, you know, talking about the whole. So, you know, I did tell him that when I had been told to disconnect from Eileen Clark, who has since passed, um, that she told me about abuses at the in base. And, um, you know, when I was in, I didn't know where the in base was. I didn't know it from gold, from golden era, from, I mean, I didn't understand any of that because I wasn't, you know, part of that group, right? So, but I told him, I said, Hey, you know, I heard about this, this abuses that were going on at this in base. And so I said, I'm not going to get into it, you know, but there were abuses that were alarming enough that I was concerned. If you want to know about it, read the St. Petersburg times. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so that, and, and that opened up that a little bit, you know. Um, but then that was also what I was telling him about with the St. Petersburg Times. Also, there's all these people who we used to see at the events, right? And so, and, you know, I had mentioned Gillian Lesev. I can never pronounce his name right. But Guillaume Lesev. Yes, yes, sure. <laughs> um, and... Uh, he's like, yes, I could never understand him. I said, oh, no, me neither. I can never understand him. And, you know, so, and, and, and Dan Sherman always was like, oh, you know, but I told him, I said, when we used to go to events, my husband and I would say, you know, oh, 
you know, Vladivostok or whatever in Russia, they're, they've got these great stats. And but it was always, I mean, it was, isn't that weird that it's always someplace else? Right. We, you do notice those when you're in, you notice those things. And then, you know, somehow you're like, you know, you, you can even ask people about it, but they, you don't get answers. It right. So you would off. hear about you would hear about all this booming stats in other parts of the country, other parts of the world. But where you were, which is what Ventura or Santa Barbara, that you just didn't see that kind of activity. Right. Right. Well, Ventura and Santa Barbara, you know, we're, we're kind of like a bunch of old hippies up there, really. I mean, you know, I, I don't have too much. I don't have too many issues with anybody, really. I, I mean, I really love the people that I was, you know, that was that was what made it harder to leave was knowing I was going to lose all these friends that I had for years. So, um, and that's, you know, that was what I conveyed to the, the, the guy on the plane, you know, so I'm sorry, I have really bad cotton mouth because I'm so nervous. Okay. So, uh, but I, but I, I like the fact that he, but the, while you were planting those seeds about, you know, why don't we see these guys on stage anymore or, you know, why do we hear about other orgs booming and ours aren't? The other thing that you meant you pointed out was that he kept talking about how great it was, that he was impressed by this new golden age of admin. And he he went through the false purpose rundown and he loved it. Now, tell me about going through the false purpose rundown yourself. What's that like? It's stupid. <laughs> I did. I never got it. I couldn't, I could not get it right. I don't, you know, I had a couple different auditors that were trying to groove me into it. And I spent most of my time on FPRD, false purpose rundown, just trying to get grooved into it. I don't really even know that I got any, I don't recall ever getting anything out of it. It's basically, to me, it was kind of like, it's a confessional, but for past life stuff. Oh, it's like, you know, and then and then finding what your evil purpose was just prior to the blah blah blah, blah whatever. I don't, I don't even know. I still I still don't know. You know, I must have MUs, <laughs> misunderstood words. <laughs> but he liked it, and then he would tell you things. Well, this is working for me, and that kind of thing. And you, you know, you you kind of uh, oh, that's nice. I mean, you weren't gonna. In, I, I believe the Scientology word is you didn't invalidate invalidate yeah. his wins, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's smart though. That is smart that you were kind of like um, making him feel okay about that, but then still planting those yeah thoughts. Yeah, I have to say this guy was a super nice guy. He was super super nice, and you know. I knew he'd been around for a while. He's been around for a while. And, you know, I knew there's, you know, us older people in Scientology have a different, you know, there's different groups. There's, there's you know, the, the kids, the second generation, third generation, whatever. And then there's like us older people. And, um, you know, like I said, being a hippie and stuff like that up in Santa Barbara and, we don't, we didn't really, we were kind of out of the loop. It wasn't until really I started going down to LA and, and, you know, anytime I'd go down there, that was, that was where most of the trouble started. So I don't know even where this guy, I don't know where he, he did his false purpose rundown. I don't, it would have been at Asho probably. It's my guess, but yeah, it was not. Tell, tell us a little bit about when you got in and what that was like. Um, well, Prior to getting into Scientology, I had, uh, I went to AA meetings and I uh, had been like clean and sober for like eight years already. And um, I had, you know, I had been going to AA meetings and, uh, and, you know, uh, this whole turn your life over to God and God, this and God, that. And I was like, God, I'm just like, I'm not tracking with that. Right. So I would say, I don't, I don't get this. And so I was frustrated in AA you know, because it was like, you know, I needed some other guidance on living life or whatever. Happened to be, I went to go uh, to my chiropractor and a girl that I knew from AA, I hadn't seen for a while. And she was the massage therapist. And um, so, you know, she was doing my therapy and, and I was like, where have you been? Where have you been? And because uh, I hadn't seen her at AA meetings anymore. She says, oh, I've been, I met this guy. I'm like, well, where? 
in Ventura. I'm like, well, where? And then she's like, ever hear of this thing called Dianetics? And I was like, yeah, I did, but I don't know what it is. I was thinking it was like Dale Carnegie, you know, I don't know, something like that, right? And so it just so happened that the chiropractor had personality tests there. I never knew that she was a Scientologist all this time. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so she said, here, do this personality test. And that was in 1993. 93, so, okay. Um, so I went into the Buena Ventura mission. I'm getting all red and blotchy. <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> Right. I could have wore a turtleneck. I should have. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, and um, so I did the personality test and uh, they wanted me to do the ups and downs course. And I said, I don't know. I think maybe personal values and integrity seems to be more what I was interested in. And so they had me do that. And the first thing that I had, they had me do was do an OW write up and, you know, writing up all my, overts and withholds which are overts are like sins and and withholds are you know not telling people about it and um uh but i i had just done my fourth step in aa with my sponsor i had already like gone through all of this stuff and so i'm like i don't i'm done you know i i burned it i'm done i don't need to do this and so that's how it started. Well, well, this, but you didn't get the exact time, place to form an event. I'm like, you know, exactly what happened, you know, where it happened, how did it happen, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I wrote up a bunch of stuff and it was like, whatever. And then, and then I got, and then I got, I think my next thing was Purif and then, which I hated. And life repair, which I liked. I liked life repair because it was very, it was more tailored to suit me and what, you know, what was going on with me and what I wanted to handle. And I, I, I liked that. Um, and there was some weird things at the beginning, like even because my, you know, I had my, my, my dad's wife, she had sent me uh, a reader's digest. It's a, it's a condensed version of the time article. Mm. so she made that data so like right away i have to handle family members of you know why i'm doing this so it was weird right away like right away oh well you know you need to handle it i'm like well she's just giving me information it's you know i, I was wondering what is this about the xenu guy and all this i don't know we don't know anything about xenu you know <laughs> so, like, you know, so it started off right away. I was just, I was deceived from the start, right? And and uh, so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, and th but that's where I met my husband. Also, he was souping in the in the in the course room. He was a supervisor, kind of like, a, except for a, it's not a teacher. It's just somebody kind of looks over you and says, "Well, what does it say? You know, what's your words that you don't understand?" Or you know, do a demonstration of it or whatever, right? So, and then, um, and I was reading about the eight dynamics. I got to the eighth dynamic. It's like, I don't have to, I was told when I started here, I didn't have to believe in God if I didn't want to. And so, but then my husband, you know, to be, Derek says to me, well, most people do. And I don't know what your problem is and that kind of thing. And it's like, who is this ass, right? I was like, I did not like this guy at all, right? Um, and he thought he thought that I was like a man hater, you know? And it was just weird. We, both of us did not have good first impressions of each other. And, uh, but he, when he turned around, he had a great ass. So it's like, <laughs> oh, but he's got a great ass, right? So, and uh, it's funny because it turns out that, you know, I, and I thought, I, I got to stay away from this guy. You know, he's, loud he's you know he's just he's not my type right and uh, and he was looking at me he's like i gotta stay away from her she's a man hater you know so it was kind of funny but then he went away for a little while and uh, he went to las vegas to go work he was an electrician and i say was because most people know that he passed away uh in 2021 march 13th 2021 to be exact and uh but um when he came back 
we kind of met up. We were both at the ATM at a bank and he's like, Hey, you want to go to dinner sometime? I was like, all right. You know, <laughs> and the first, the first time we went to dinner, there was, there was some, there was my ex-boyfriend at the restaurant. So that was really awkward. You know, that was a, it was just weird. It was really weird from the start, but, um, and then, you know, we, we just sort of hooked up then. And, um, and then uh, in 94, I went to flag uh, for, I did a couple courses there. I was going to be trained to be an auditor. Um, and because I had the company that I was working for, I work in like optics, we're making like laser optics and stuff for um, missiles and satellites and whatever, right? Sensors and things like that. Um, and um, so I, the company that I was working for closed down. Okay. And so I was like, I needed to either get retrained to do another job or they talked me into joining staff. So that's when I joined staff. I joined staff like in 93 and then I was like, I checked it out. And then, but then I lost my job and I was like, okay, I'll join staff. So I did that. And then, um, well, okay. One of the, one of the biggest problems was the Ra Raul Lopez case. Oh uh, yeah. And, and so, um, well, that was really a hassle for me because when I first got back from flag, um, Bill Yowdy was our, I, I was hearing Tori talk about him the other day. I had my own Bill Yowdy story, but anyway, um, hi Bill, if you're watching. <laughs> um, uh, so he's, he's the, he, at least he was for the longest time, he was the senior CS for the Boy of Ventura mission. And I believe he's probably still the senior CS for Ventura org. Um, so I did not, I didn't, I didn't know at that time that he had anything to do with OSA. I just thought he was a CS. Um, and I'd only met him like once or twice. Right. But, but when I got back, there was, um, the issue with Raul Lopez, um, was he had just, first of all, he had been regged by these people that had the telephone company, Robert C. Fail and somebody Zentner or something like that. Again, it's, it's a long time ago. Um, but he had been um, regged to, to invest in this telephone company. Um, and then um, that whole thing went belly up when I think it was because they de regulatized or what's the word with the phone systems and stuff because they were supposed to be like in jails in like Puerto Rico and I don't remember but anyway he had invested a lot of money I don't remember what the amount is but then um what and so I was when I found out that that happened on at, at CC at the pavilion and that was Jim Hamry you know reg help reg him with there was like some, he, somehow Jim was going to get money out of it from the sea fails or commission or something. I don't know, but you know, I wasn't there when any of that happened. So that from the start was um, something I had to handle. And so that had many, 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 um, it was like one, there was one problem that was committed to solve another problem, which was another problem. It just, it continued. Right. My, my uh, colleague, uh, my colleague, Ron Russell at New Times Los Angeles wrote the story on Raul Lopez. It's an incredible story. Raul Lopez was this guy that was injured in a car accident and basically had brain damage. And as a result of the car accident, he won this multi-million dollar settlement, which Scientology then pounced on and basically got this brain damaged young man to invest in all kinds of crazy schemes, including an ostrich egg uh, venture. Um, and his, his attorney, who was supposed to be looking out for him, was a Scientologist by the name of Brent Jones, who years later became a legislator in the state of Nevada. And more recently, we've been hearing his name because his real water company turned out to be poisoning people. Um, so just a bunch of just crazy Scientology's uh, you know, flim flam artist. This this kid had a couple of million bucks under his belt, 
And so they just went after him in a lot of different weird ways. So you were dealing with some of the fallout on that, huh? Yeah, because what happened was what I saw is that this was a, Jim should not have done this. They shouldn't be going after his money. The first thing I had to do was try to handle that. Um, they weren't, this was a problem because they couldn't get more money from Raul um, when this went bad. Um, and then, and, and uh, his mom was a problem. Mm. See, Raul had refunded earlier. He had refunded because his mom didn't want him to do this. But then he like got that all straightened out. He wanted to do more. And so he had to handle his mom. So I was had to help him. And that was the only time ever where uh, it was brought up that it was that disconnection. That was the first time I had heard, like understood that like, hey, they, they're, they're talking about like, if he can't handle his mom, he's going to have to disconnect from her. And I was like, that's crazy. You No, it's his mom. We'll work something out, you know? So I basically pulled Raul aside. I said, look, here's the deal. I don't, yeah, I said, I don't want you to have to disconnect, you know, but like we have to do something so that this isn't a problem. Come up with some, let's work out some agreement. So he did, he, he worked that out. Um, I mean, eventually it didn't work out because, you know, he ended up suing, but, um, but when, what happened was, I had to work with Raul to go down to the charter committee. It was a wise charter committee. And I had to meet with Robert C. Fail and these, I had to meet with these people with Raul. Um, and Raul, you know, everybody, you know, he's, you know, brain damaged and all this kind of stuff is functioning adult. Okay. He's, he's not, you know, he, he wasn't, he really wasn't when he first came in, he was not in very good condition. So, I don't know that he didn't benefit in some way. I don't know that. I do know that when he started, um, what, we, what we, I had to work it out. So they worked out that they were going to send, they were going to give him X number of dollars per month, which was okay. That worked out because it wasn't, it was fair. You know, we worked out what was fair is that they would, you know, uh, you know, reimburse him for his losses basically. Um, but it would be over time and everything was going okay with that, except that they stopped, they would stop. They weren't making payments on time, you know, the monthly payments that he needed. And he was building a house and doing all this stuff and, and getting involved with these ostriches. So then I got involved with the whole stupid ostriches and, and the incubators and the blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, his dad had these ostriches and the ostrich died and then what? And, and then, you know, that was my egg that was in the, it was just like, and I had to, you know, and then, you know, but I had also had to deal with Brent, uh, you know, Jones, because he, you know, he had, he had issues with the SEC, right? So I don't know. I, I had never even heard of the SEC. I'm like, I have so, to so, learn. So, I mean, you're, the, the point of all this is that this was beginning to make you see that science. All of that, all of that, because I was, yeah. And, and that was because, you know, I was having to handle Raul Lopez you know, calling all the time and like every hour and saying, you know, where's my money? Where's my money? And like, why is that my problem? Right. But, but it had, it became my problem. And then we came up with unusual solutions of, because every event we went to, we would sell them all the CDs and whatever the newest release was. And this guy was just, you know, handing over money to Jim Hamry, you know, and, um, so I see from the start, I saw Jim as being unethical, not Raul, but they kept turning it around to make it look like, you know, he, it was Raul Lopez that was the problem. And so, you know, I, I, like I'm starting to see this, this is, this is the kind of thing. And, you know, and then, you know, and then dealing with Brent Jones, you know, that was, you know, he's not my favorite person. I'll just put it that way. You know, I don't. I don't think that he's in Scientology anymore. I, I really don't. Um, but Brent, if you're seeing this, we'll talk. But, I don't know. Janice told me an interesting story that I mean, not too many years ago, um, 
they she she said something about they had there was a dinner going on and once brent realized janice was in there he wouldn't come in the house because he couldn't be near an sp suggesting that he was still in so but i, I mean that's probably been a few years but um uh, we can say what we want about Brent Jones now because yeah. that damn real water almost killed some people. So, you know, yeah, he's, I know. He's I know. lucky he's not in jail. Yeah. He's, 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 a, you know, a lot, of, that's the thing about a lot of these, a lot of Scientologists is it's like that get rich quick. There's a lot of people in our area that did these timeshare things or they're always doing all these vitamins and all right. the, Well, know, when, all when you things. were, when you were seeing all these things and they were concerning you, what what would your husband say? What would Derek say when you brought these up? Because I know you you I think you got out before he did, right? So why were mm -hmm. why why were you seeing these things and maybe he wasn't? Um, he saw them. Yeah, I you know he we would talk. We would natter, is what they call it. Natter. <laughs> we would natter. We would go out to dinner. We'd have a drink. We'd start nattering together, and then we we'd have to confess to nattering and. You know, but um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, it just was long hours. You know, I had I had my my daughter in in 1995. You know, and I'd have to come in in the morning. I had her with me, and I prop her on the sofa while I clean the ED's office. The executive director, Kathy Steiner. You know, um, Kathy, if you're watching this, hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and her husband, Tom, he, he's also passed away. Um, you know, I don't dislike any of these people. You know, I really don't. But the hours were long. Tom and Kathy ran that mission like, like a Sea Org mission. Like it was a Sea Org run kind of place. The hours were long. You know, I'd be there from 10 till 10. But I was oftentimes there till 2 in the morning or whatever doing sit you know the exec council working on the reg battle plan who who were we who were we going to reg how were we going to reg them and a lot of people oh hold on and you were and you were paid way more than sea org members were right you how much were you getting paid i wasn't it was less i was getting about 30 dollars a week well that's i was just yeah. kidding yeah okay yeah. 30 so yeah. about the same as a sea org member that's yeah amazing. yeah well no sea org i think is getting 50 or something but yeah, I know. I was getting, I was getting 30. Occasionally it would be How more. were you living on that? Well, Derek was working. He was an electrician. Okay. But he turned out as a journeyman electrician. He's a union uh, guy. And which is, there aren't too many, there, you know, I think typically most Scientologists are Republican leaning. I'm not going to get into politics, but my husband was definitely, um, he was middle, middle, you know, but union usually are going to be democrat you know but anyway he he uh he would work so he would he would work all day and then he'd come in and he was on staff as an auditor as a class four auditor so he would work as an auditor at night so wow. we had these two kids so then we'd have them in daycare and i'm paying you know to have two kids i had my son my other son in 1997 so at that point you know i had my daughter with me on post like I was nursing on post while I'm on the phone when I'm dealing with Raul Lopez. One time, uh, funny, funny, quick little story. One time Raul's in there. And he's like, these people, everybody says they're the most ethical people. And it's like, and he's just, he was loud. And I just was, I was so annoyed by him. I was like, like, hold on a second. And I had my, I had my daughter and my, I said, here, hold, hold the baby. And I had him hold the baby right now. This it would not have been a big issue, but I was just like trying to get him to see, like, you know, I've got, got, got my hands full here. You know, give me a break, right? So later on, I found out from um Wayne, who was the lead auditor uh NCS for the mission. Um he said, you know, Raul told me that when he was complaining and he was recording the conversation with you, but that it was totally muffled, it was totally muffled because you handed him the baby and it covered up the microphone, right? So anyway, <laughs> and uh, you know, years later, my husband ran into Raul and talked to him. And I felt bad because I felt like, you know, I, I really screwed Raul over in a lot of ways. But um, 
you know, there's, a, I'm not going to get into all my regrets, but I feel like there's definitely some people I owe amends to, you know, um, as an ethics officer, that's, you know, you're like not the most favorite person in the world. Um, but he didn't even remember me. Raul Lopez didn't even remember me. He wow. remembered Jim Hamry. Mm -hmm. Now Jim, Jim Hamry also passed away. Mm -hmm. That's another story. Um, but yeah, so those, all of those things were, uh, it, 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 well, what happened? I know what happened. I'm trying to remember all this. So with both of the kids in daycare, it was costing us like $150 um, a, a week. Yeah. 150 a week, which is nothing compared to what it is now. You know, but at that time, that was a lot, especially when I'm making $30 a week. Right. It's like, you know, when I'm like, no. So when, after I had my, my son, it was too much to have both of the kids there at the mission with me. So that's a year and a half difference. So I had my daughter there pretty much for a year and a half. And then I got told, no, you need to find daycare. So that's when they both went into daycare. Um, and then it was just, we shuffled them around daycare. My, fortunately, my mother-in-law uh, helped watch them a lot. That lasted for quite a long time until her own mother became sick. And so she couldn't watch my kids anymore or our kids. So then it became, you know, it was just a hassle. And we were leaving our kids at a babysitter till 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, after Derek was done, he'd go pick up the kids and take them home. And then I, you know, come home around two in the morning, you know, and so, um, you know, all of that, like, even we, we mentioned, you know, me being pregnant and, you know, I'm like, I'm down on my hands and knees scrubbing floors and doing, you know, because I mean, I did everything, you know, because I, 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 I didn't hire. Oh, that was the thing. I was supposed to hire. I was supposed to recruit people. Right. That was the thing. That's what that was. The, that was the third thing I couldn't remember. I was supposed to recruit people. Well, I recruited a couple people, including Doug Kramer. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I didn't do the actual recruitment. I think he had the girls were teaming up on him. Iris and and Monica, they were they were teaming up on him. Uh, but it, uh, he had to come to me to have to sign the contract. Wow! And I was like, "This is never going to work." But anyway, and it didn't. He lasted like a week on staff. Oh. And yeah, he was no. Yeah, but uh, Tammy, I know those hours were long, and you weren't making much money, but you were saving the planet, right? Yeah, you know, I didn't feel like I was. I, I really didn't feel like I was making a dent. But but there was. So there is a little bit. But what were they? But what were they telling you? That made that at least for yeah, a while. That's what they were telling me. Working for you, in other words, yeah. I mean, you became disillusioned. But you know, working long hours, your kids in daycare, you're yeah. not making any money. When it did work for you, what was it that was convincing you that this made sense? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I, I think it was the, 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 the whole team thing, the whole, you know, like when I grew up, what I wanted to be when I grew up was I wanted to be a hippie, right? And I wanted to be like this commune type thing. I was like totally into this whole thing. And these were my people and we were going to, we were going to save the world and we were going to do all this. And it was very hippie like and i'm like i think i've reached my goal here i think i'm i think i might be becoming a hippie yay you know so i don't know but i mean we had you know there was fun there was fun you know some of these when we would be up late at night we get a little punchy sometimes you know talking about just whatever and you know like chris Baumgartner. you know i him, he was so funny and we would just joke around and, you know, and even, you know, Jim Henry and, and you know, the, we, we did have fun, you know, there was, and, and a lot of these guys like Tom and Jim and, and, and Mike McDill, all these guys were musicians, musicians. And so, you know, we would, they would jam in the course room after hours and we would have little, little parties here and there. We'd have picnics and so there was there was a, a a sense of belonging i guess and uh 
you know, the, the you know, the training, it, it, it was, and when you're doing the training and you're getting the auditing, it's like, everybody has like the same goal. Everybody has the same bridge and it's very clear cut, which was kind of that structure was something I was looking for after having been in AA. It was like, the structure was, you know, believe in God and then trust in God and then God, and then God will fix things. And it's like, you know, I wanted like a little bit more specific detail and that's what was promised. That was the carrot that I kept chasing was that if I just followed these steps, you know, I would improve myself. I could, you know, get over all this. And I, and I continue to stay clean and sober during this time, you know, so um, but then what, so let's, let's get to where you've left now, you've had these disillusions, you've seen these things, things have been really hard, but you get to a point where you've kind of gotten out, but Derek's still in, and now your kids are getting old enough that they're getting involved, and then Julia, your daughter, actually wants to go on staff when she's like 13 or 14 or something like no, that? No, 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 she was, she had just turned 18. Oh, 18, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. But but in those teen years, she must have been getting influenced by it, right? Right. Well, so, well, um, we sent our oldest two kids, we sent them to um, Mojave Academy. And that was in New Mexico. That was in Dattle, New Mexico. Mace Kingsley um, Ranch? No, no. It's It was um, Mojave Academy. Mojave Academy, okay. Yeah, it was, it was one that was started by um, Yoka... Clegg, Craig, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, but then she wasn't doing it anymore, but, but it was um, Kendra and her, her mother, uh, Sherry, who were running that. Nice people, really nice people. And I really, I mean, I know there were people that had been to the Mojave Academy when it was in Mojave and they had bad experiences. I've, I've had conversations with some of those people, but, you know, for the most part, um, my kids liked it. They looked forward to going and it was a lot, it was not cheap. You know, they went there. And so that's where they started to make all their friends there. Um, and those, all of those kids have ended up, you know, in the Sea Org or staff members or, you know, almost all of them. Um, you know, I, you know, some of them were just sent there because they were uh, problem kids and, you know, their, their Scientology parents didn't know what to do with them. So they sent them there. Um, my kids didn't go there because they were problem kids. They wanted there to go there to have a summer, you know, thing. And so they did, they did, you know, some Scientology courses and stuff. Um, but they did a lot of other fun stuff as well. And, uh, you know, you know, highlight was going to Pie Town. That was <laughs> place up the street, you know, so they did that. So when your when your daughter then came to you and said she wanted to be on staff, where were you at that point with Scientology? Oh, I had been done. I had been done. Um, so I basically my my done time was 2010. Okay. So um, so because after because I had a third child, I had a child when I was 45, mm. and he's 16 now. So um, so for those that don't do math quick, I'm 62. Um, and, um, so I was, I was basically, I left staff in 1999 from the mission because it was just, I, I was, I don't even know how to describe what, what led up to it. It was just, you know, long hours and holidays sucked because you had to work extra hours. And it was just like, I'm already working a lot of hours. I got two babies. I can't, I don't have time to do my laundry. I don't, you know, I'm like, it would be like, you're supposed to have off on the weekends. And well, Saturday, then you're on course all day. And then, and then, uh, you know, and then Sunday was like, okay, this is my time to get some laundry done or maybe go to the beach or something crazy like that, you know, which was like considered to be so, like chasing butterflies, really, which is a derogatory thing said in Scientology. Um, but then how long had you been out of staff when she just said she wanted to go on? From 1999 till 2014. So you had been out for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Did she and Derek I, know how you felt about Scientology at that point in 2014? Yes. Let, let's, he, they wanted him to go down to Asho. 
which is where I had really bad experiences. And so I um, said, well, let's have you go to flag. So I set it up with Barbara Dews. Let's have him go to flag, make sure everything's okay. If there's any issue with the fact that I had talked to these ex-Scientologists, you know, let me know, I'll do a write-up on it, whatever. So that before he goes and he goes there in 2015 and, and to do his CCRD again, and they send him home to handle me. So, so, so he CCRD. had been punished at one point, but now he'd been working himself back into a good favor he was working towards getting clear. And now his assignment was, well, you got to take care of your wife because she's clearly straying from the fold, right? Something like that. Right. Yep. 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 So, but the, and he came back, that was in September of 2015. And then in November of 2015, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. So handling his wife was not really, if anything, he needed me because now he's got to go through cancer treatment. So that brought us together. Um, but then what but was, was happening with your daughter in the meantime? Oh, that was a big blow up. That was a big blow up. That was in 2014. So she turned 18 in, in 2013. And, um, and uh, she had gone to the New Year's event down to, at the shrine. And she met a guy down there and she came home and told me about him and, and said she wanted him to come up and stay here. I said, yes, he can stay out in the back room. You, and he's not in your room and that kind of thing. And uh, so, and she had dated another guy that, that was, she had met at, at Mojave. She had been with him and, um, and they're all friends, all these guys, even the guy that she's with now, they're all, all three of these guys that she's, been had dated or lived with they're all good friends mm. it's very you know very strange but anyway um and they all look alike it's so weird she definitely has a type <laughs> but i think she's with a good guy now but anyway um they're all good guys actually um so yeah so my husband was still even though he had been diagnosed with cancer and everything he was still getting assists and stuff um, but which is basically Scientology faith healing. Yeah. Laying on of the hands. Right. So to speak. Yeah. But and that didn't last long. He only did a couple of that, a couple of those. And that was about it. But, um, so I'm just, I'm just really interested in how, you know, OT preps was a disaster. You're at, you're, you're mentally out of Scientology, but everybody, you know, is still in. Uh, your husband has been tasked with dealing, you know, handling you, but now he's sick. Your daughter wants to commit to staff. Tammy, how did you survive all that? What was going on in those years between the time that you uh, got out in 2010 and uh, the next four, five or six years? Well, I had some help. <laughs> I reached out to Chris Shelton. Oh, that's great. Uh, and, that's and great. He, yeah, he, he and I talked. Um, and then he also told me, he also put me in touch with uh, Rachel Bernstein. And so I started talking with Rachel because I, I reached for help. I, I just basically, I was like, I got to get my, my husband on the same page. He was upset about my daughter leaving because she dropped out of high school. He was upset about her leaving. It was a big problem in the household my sons were upset, you know, and, and so it was a big problem. And I finally, with help from Chris and Rachel and, and some other, other SPs in the area, um, just got my husband, I kept saying, you know, what? I just need you to be on the same page. And so I practiced like how I was going to talk to him to get him on the same page. And it's like, I, you know, especially he's going through the cancer treatment. It's like, dude, you're not going to get Scientology services anymore. You might as well get on the same page and let's see what we can do to get our daughter out. So yeah, that must've been so hard, Tammy. I mean, God. Yeah. It was. You know, because I mean, at that point, you know, Derek went into remission for a while 
And then, um, so things were looking good, but it, it eventually the cancer came back. So my daughter hadn't been involved in any of that. Like she, she, last time we saw her, she did come. So she had joined staff in 2014, but, and then we weren't talking for a while, but then she worked out a way that she could do good roads, good weather. And she was able to talk to us. So where, we and where, to, where was she on staff? At Pasadena. Pasadena. Okay. She was, and she trained up to be an auditor. Okay. And so, um, so she was there and, and doing her training at ASHO. Um, and then, um, she, and so she, um, well, she was able to talk to us and stuff. So we went, we had a trip planned to go to Hawaii. And so we, we did that in 2016. And then, um, and then when we came back, um, well, she had, she came down the last time we saw her, we went to universal studios for my youngest son's uh, birthday. And I think it was, he was nine and he's 16. She hasn't seen him since then. Um, I know. I mean, it's just like, how can you do that? I mean, how, I mean, I, you know, I get angry about it. I get angry with her, but I'm like, it's not her that I'm angry with. I'm sad about that she doesn't, I'm sad that she doesn't have her family. Right. You know? Right. Um, but then around 2016, at the end of 2016, they had me come down. They wanted me to come down to Asho. And I thought it was because they wanted me because Julia needed to do her clear certainty rundown and maybe it would help Derek to be able to go back to flag. Not that it was going to happen, but so I went down there and that's when, that's when just the shit hit the fan. And I met with the, the MAA at the time. And when I went down there, she said, she came in and she said, you have it all wrong. You're not down here so that they can do services. You're being investigated. And I was like, for what? Well, you talked to some SPs back in 2010 and, you know, and you need to, you need to finish doing your conditions. And I was like, well, that was like 2010. Well, you talked to them again after that. I said, yeah, that was 2012 or somewhere around there. I think Linda contacted me and let me know that Eileen had passed away. Well, you were in touch with them again, even though you were told not to. I'm like, well, yeah, but I, you know, I don't, I've moved on. Like where you guys are stuck in the past. I've moved on. I'm doing extension courses or whatever. And I'm, you know, I'm just keeping up appearances. Right. And, and, um, and she's kept insisting, you need to do these conditions. These steps that you need to do to get back in good graces. Right. And I was like, and if I don't, she said, oh, we'll calm have you. That's like a court martial. Yeah. Committee of evidence. Right. And I was like, Oh, well, I guess we're done here. I, I just left. I was like, hey, I'm done. Right. And I'm like, this is not real. This is not real world stuff. This is not, this is like, this is not something that's like, that I worry about in the real world. I have real world problems. I have a job. I have kids to raise. I, I have like real problems. Not this, this is not real problem stuff. You right. know, this is whether or not I've done these conditions because I talked to somebody that I wasn't supposed to talk to because you know, the truth is I can talk to whoever I want. And that's the nice thing about being out of St. Helens. You know, <laughs> I can talk to whoever I want. And I do. <laughs> I have more ex-Scientology friends than I ever had Scientology friends, Tony. That's I good. Really do. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure I'll have more after this too. So, so what was the fallout then when you left and told them you weren't going to do that? Uh, even that wasn't enough to get Derek out. Hmm. But I kept working on him, you know, and at that point I told him that I had been in touch with Rachel and that I wanted to go down to uh, meetings. They had group meetings of other ex members of all cults. Um, and so I started getting, you know, some education on that Scientology is not the only cult on the corner. Um, right. And um, so that helped me to try to get him on my page um and eventually it just got to be a fight where i just told i just told derek you just gotta get your head out of your ass and um so 
then it was like the next day after I told him that he was out in the garage and he comes in, he goes, well, it finally happened. And he, he got everybody unfriended him all at once. Uh, you know, that's how, that's how, you know, you're right. not in good standing because everybody unfriends you on Facebook. Wow. And so, uh, and that's when I said, okay, so are you ready to look at some stuff? And he's like, I don't want to look at anything on the internet because he had been in so much trouble, you know, in, in 1999 or whatever. So he's like, I don't want to look at anything on the internet. I said, not a problem. I have something written, printed out for you. So it was something from the internet. It was, it was um, Lois Restorf. Lois Restorf? Yeah, it was her story. Okay. Because there was a lot of, it was like, her story was the same thing where it's like she kept going in and just and trying to make good and trying to sort it out and trying to stay in good state, get back in good standing and just all that. It was just it, it, that, that futile attempt to try to get it so that you didn't lose all your friends Yeah, and you still have you every, every your, your little bubble could still be intact. But once you, once you realize that it's, it's, it's not possible it's, it's, it's like trying to fight your way out of a brown paper bag. You just, you just can't, you, there's no, you know, there was, our daughter had already disconnected from us. She sent, we have a, a disconnection letter, you wow. know, you know, all of that is, and it's just heartbreaking. Um, you know, and then, so then fast forward, sorry, I'm taking so long. <laughs> um, so fast forward, it comes to we we get we get we get a comf and we both were of course found guilty of all the things they charged us with. Did they wouldn't give us a copy of the bill of particulars? Uh, uh, Derek went down there. He they let him handwrite them. So I have the bill of particulars, mm. the usual stuff. Uh, the comf. The one funny thing about the comf was, um, you know, mine was quite long, um, and um, I basically they asked me. It was, uh, you know, if I would be willing to do ethics program. And I was like, no, I'm done with Scientology. Well, why, why did you even go through a COMF? Because I was hoping, and that's what I, I went down. That's what I told them is I'm, I'm not interested in, in doing Scientology anymore. I'm done. However, I don't want my daughter to have to disconnect from me. Okay. So I'm willing, I'm here to cooperate with the COMF and I am here to plead that I not get declared so she doesn't have to disconnect from me. And then I just pled my case. I had a stack of all of my commendations because I was also the lead VM, volunteer minister for Santa Barbara Org. I had done a lot of stuff. Staff member, CCHR, I had done a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, I just told my story. I said, this is this is what happened. And, um, and I'm just asking, you know, that I not get declared. So the findings in Rex basically said I had to do the steps from A to E, which is bend over and kiss your money goodbye. <laughs> um, and that is really sums it up. Uh, and and uh, so, of course, I'm not going to do that, but I'm not interested in being, and, and my daughter disconnected from us right away. I asked that she see, I, I when I saw my finding, we went down to get the findings in Rex. I asked if, if they could show her the findings in Rex. So that she would know and that she knew that we didn't get declared. And then we got the letter from her saying, thank you for having me read your findings and recs. And I see now you have a program. <laughs> like, yes, the program is bend over and kiss your money goodbye. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, so how long has it been now since you've talked to your daughter at all? Well, so we hadn't talked to her all that time. But then when Derek went on to hospice which was uh, Christmas uh, of 2020. Um, then, um, so he, he made it over five years of treatments. You know, he was a fighter. He, he was tough, man, I'm telling you. That's that's rough. I watched him go through that. And that was just awful, awful. Cancer sucks. I don't wish sucks more cancer or Scientology. They're right up there. They're pretty equivalent. Um, but anyway, Scientology is a cancer. It really is. Um, and so I had several ways tried to get a hold of my daughter to let her know he was on hospice. And it, it ended up being 
um, I had sent a letter to his, to her best friend um, was the final, and she didn't even respond. She just forwarded the mail, which I don't even know if she ever got the mail. It just went right to Katrin uh, and Katrin uh, contacted me and let me know that she had talked to Julia and Julia did want to talk to her dad. So they actually had a couple of conversations um, before he died. Um, but he, he would, she would call him and he would be sleeping because he was sleeping a lot at the end. Um, and um, so she would, he would miss the calls. So I was getting upset with him. You know, it was the, the last part was, it's just awful. Um, and then uh, the last time I, I sent her a, a, a tech, a, 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 an email through Derek's email because she blocked me in all ways. Um, and um, so I sent her an email saying, this is mom here. And I'm just letting you know that dad's at the very end here. He's transitioning and um, he does want to talk to you. He, he didn't have, he can only whisper. He didn't have any more voice left. He would just be able to talk like this. Very, very like that. And so um, I said, I'm going to have to, when, when you call, I'll have to set the phone up. So I will be in the room, but I will leave the room so you can talk to your dad before he dies. And so um, I did. And so I, I put the phone there. And uh, so I, I heard her voice. You know, that was about it. Um, and I didn't really get to talk to her other than hold on, I'm getting the phone set up. Um, and then they talked a little bit. It was kind of chit chat. And I realized like he, and I had already talked to him about telling her that he was out of Scientology. And it was a big argument that he and I had. But ultimately he just said, look, we have got, I've got this communication with her now um, and I don't want to blow it and, and not have that. So um, I need to keep it good roads, good weather and not say anything. So, and I said, and I said, it's not fair. It leaves me being the bad guy you know, and you're, you're, you're not telling him, you're not telling her that, that you're out. And so, um, yeah, so he, uh, I put a note in front of him. I said, tell her, this is the last time that you're going to talk to her. And so he read the note and he said to her, I don't know how to tell you this, but, um, or I don't know how to say this, but I think that this may be the last time that we talk. Do you have anything you want to say? And then she started crying and, um, and then she told him, you know, how wonderful he was and what a good dad he was. And, you know, it's like, where was she all this time? You know, where was she? Why was, why, why, and why she, couldn't she come to see him? You know, and those are regrets that she will have the rest of her life. You know, she has to live with that. And it's, it's, it's unfair that the church puts her in that position. And it pisses me off, Tony. It pisses me off because I love my daughter and I miss her. You know, I mean, I have my sons, thankfully, um, you know, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, there may be some people that know her that she ran in those circles. She's, you know, she's in Clearwater now. She's in those circles. She works for, I won't even say, she works for some people who are, whatever. There's some issues. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into that. I don't really want to dox my daughter so much. It's just, right. I just want to, right. I mean, right. people are going to know right. who she is. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I um, you know, I worry. I worry. I, I'm a mom. I'm going to worry about her, you know. And, and, and I just know that when I was in, I didn't know how, I didn't know so much that I know now. I know way more now than I ever did when I was in Scientology, you know, and I, and I just, I have, uh, you know, you know, just recently, you know, starting with the thing with, you know, Doug Kramer and then, and then the, the guy on the plane, you know, like, so I'm just now starting to talk about it really. And, um, just, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how to say it other than, you know, I mean, I, I lost, I lost my daughter 
I lost my husband, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a widow, you know, it's like, this is, it's very surreal. It's, it's, it's just, I, you know, my husband used to work offshore and he'd be gone for a week at a time and then he'd come home and it just feels like, okay, it's time to come home now, you know? So, um, and, and so anyway, I miss my husband and I miss my daughter and at least I have hope that I'll get my daughter back. Unfortunately, I don't have that hope with my husband, you know? Sorry, I wasn't going to cry. No, I, I, uh, I know when you were going through all this and we were emailing each other and it was just so hard. I didn't know what to say. Um, I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that last year, you know, you and I had been communicating for quite a while already. But even in that last year, it was like Derek couldn't bring himself to communicate with me personally. It was too... You know, you had he to, wanted to. Yeah, he did want to. He really did. And if he hadn't, if it hadn't gone so quickly, I think that he was getting to that point. He, yeah, he did want to tell his story. And I don't know if I've done it justice in what he went through, um, but just the. Well, I do, just, but you know, we did communicate through you enough to know that he he really believed in what you were doing, and I think he he would today. And yeah you know, like other parents I've talked to or children of parents who are still in, you know, we just have to hope this thing keeps dwindling. I know David Miscavige is doing his best to make it look like it's thriving, but it really isn't. And yeah. at some point, I think people like your daughter are going to have to confront the fact that, you know, maybe she's going to start seeing the things you did, that Scientology says all these things, but the reality is totally different. And I just hope, I know you do too, that at some time those things start filtering into her. And yeah, uh, there's been there's been a couple of little signs. There's some little chinks in the wall. I mean, I can see, you know, I don't have very much access, but I get a little periphery. I get, you know, there's people who know people who know people who know people who know Julia, you know, that kind of thing. And so I get little little pieces of information. I've gotten some recent information after you know, telling my story about, you know, the guy on the plane. Um, so I, I, there is some hope and um, the more, you know, that, you know, like, like uh, Tori says, that Truman show, you yeah. know, that yeah. just, you know, you just start getting, it's just those seeds of doubt that, you know, you just start, you start, you know, going, geez, you know, I wonder well, I appreciate so much that you've been talking to me for you know quite a while, and we've been sharing yeah. information. And and thank you for you know coming forward with uh, with the Doug Kramer story. You you agreed to put your name on something, and of course that changes everything once you put your name on something, right? But uh, yeah. But then I don't know. It was almost you know almost a miracle that the, you happened to sit down next to this guy. And, <laughs> It wasn't the first time I had, I, we had been on a plane before where Lance Miller sat next to us uh, and that was, and he never disclosed that he was a Scientologist. Uh, he just, he, he introduced himself as just being, you know, the head of the uh, Toastmasters, but they talked the whole time, Derek and him talked and everything. And at one point I was part of the conversation with Lance Miller and, and I said something about speed of particle flow, which is totally a Scientology particle is just moving product right and and that was one of those things that i said and he he kind of looks like huh right and then later we got off the plane and derek says to me he's he was totally a scientologist I'm like yeah i know right but then i looked him up and i emailed him lance miller and i said hey you know by the way we're scientologists and and uh and he, he's well yeah i was gonna say something when you said speed of particle flow but you never know which way that could go right and i thought Wow, for somebody who's a speaker and goes around, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. It's so it's not the first time. Well, it not the first time, twice. but this, but this one was really. I'm, I'm glad Over. it happened to you. It was an amazing story. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending me yeah. those notes while they were still fresh in your mind. And you know, I've wanted to tell your story for a long time, and and finally, you got to tell it yourself. And I'm really, really uh, glad that you did that. I appreciate it so much, and. Uh, 
Thank sorry you. I went into the weeds a little bit. I'm, I know you're going to have right. a little bit of editing to do. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's a, <laughs> My it's, first interview. <laughs> it's a great, great story. I'm glad you told it. And I'm so glad that uh, we're going to keep talking about things. And uh, I'm just looking forward to that day when you hear from your daughter. Yes. Thank you. All, all right. right, Tammy. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> I reckon